This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Jim, why don't you introduce us to our next guest here on the show? I saw this story and I thought we have to talk to this guy. It's hard to set a record in the CFL, especially as a fan, but this guy has set a Guinness World Record for attending all nine CFL stadiums in 15 days. Bobby Dubow of British Columbia. Bobby Dubow? <laughs> Did he do it as the water boy? Not quite. I don't know. We'll find out. Wasn't that Bobby Dubow? Bobby Boucher. Oh, close. Bobby Boucher. Bobby, how are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Doing great, man. So you've been a CFL fan all your life or what? I uh, grew up a fan. Uh, kind of uh, lost it for a bit. Uh, I don't know. Uh, came back about five or six years and uh, haven't really missed a game since. So uh, this was a chance to uh, not miss a game in person. For uh, I think I watched... 10 out of 11 CFL games in a row here. <laughs> you are a Vancouver guy, right? Yes. So which CFL team, if you had to pick one, would you say you're a true fan of? Uh, I guess I'd have to say the Lions, but uh, you know what? I just hope both teams have fun uh, every game and maybe uh, a little <laughs> spread if I, if, I have a, if I have a little side bet on it. <laughs> <laughs> which stadium surprised you the most? You, you traveled across the country. You got to experience different CFL atmospheres. Which one surprised you the most? Um, the one that surprised me the most was probably BMO, just because it has such a bad reputation uh, in the CFL. Would can't draw flies to a game, but uh, the people that were there were diehards. The the stadium's in a great spot. It was a nice night. Um, yeah, I just I just didn't get it. it sounded a lot louder than twelve thousand people in there for sure. And throwing uh, having Vernon Adams throw six interceptions <laughs> to them uh, didn't didn't help uh, either. <laughs> let Let me check with the judges. I'm sorry, Bobby, that is the wrong answer. Nothing hey, to do well, with Hamilton, the Argos. Hamilton's yeah. <laughs> already you. got the good reputation, right? Yeah. So, what do you yeah. think of, what do you think of uh, Tim Hortons Field and the Ticats? Be honest, we can take it. Oh, I loved it. They uh, they really rolled out the red carpet for me. I got there super early, and uh, they even gave me a little tour of, of the whole stadium. So uh, I was really impressed with it. Got a couple Oski Wee-Wees in and uh, <laughs> ended up on Sports Center while I was doing it as well. Yes. You, you do got to go early if it's your first time going to Tim Hortons Field because they do have the CFL Hall of Fame in the building as well, right? Yeah, and, and tons of stuff going on outside. There's plenty of people. There's a good buzz before the game. Uh, the five dollar beers uh, didn't uh, didn't hurt either. Maybe uh, <laughs> I had I think I had four, just like uh, our boy Dino from Hamilton. Yeah, that's oh, right. he is nationwide. <laughs> Bobby, what was the journey like itself? Did you drive the whole way? Did did you hit any hiccups? What happened? Uh, no, I uh, mostly flew. Took some took some smaller airlines out in the, out in the, over the prairies, which uh, had me worried a bit, but. Uh, I only drove from Calgary to Edmonton and then took a train from uh, Ottawa to Montreal. But that's uh, that's about it. I couldn't I couldn't drive the last leg because it was uh, Hamilton at seven o'clock at night and then uh, BC game four o'clock the next day. So yeah. that would have been the uh, I, I really needed that airline to get me off the ground. <laughs> well, a bullet train, I guess, would be your only other option. Yeah, Shoot yeah. you out of a cannon. So you you've been to all of these games, all of these stadiums. Uh, Grey Cup is in Hamilton this year. Do you have any plans to return to the Hammer to watch the Grey Cup to cap things off? Uh, I don't right now, but I definitely have the date open in my calendar. If the CFL uh, has any uh, wants to pull any strings and get me out there, I'd be more than happy to come out and uh, 
and, and wrap up the season in Hamilton. Do you have any other world record attempts you're you're planning on making soon? Oh no, there's uh, there's plenty of pages in that book for plenty of other people. One is uh, one is more than enough for me. <laughs> Retiring with the crown. I think we need to talk to the uh, the tie cats folks. See, See what we can, can do. Up. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he, they teamed up with Dino, the two-liter pop guy. <laughs> Certainly. Why wouldn't they t- team up with Bobby here yeah. and get him there to hype people up for the Grey Cup? That'd be great. It would be good. We'll see what we can do if we can pull some strings for you, Bobby. But kudos to you on your accomplishment. Nine CFL games in 15 days. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having me on. Why don't you give us an Oski Wee Wee for the road? Show us what you learnt. Oh, uh, Oski Wee Wee, Oski Wawa, Holy Mackinac, Thai Cats, eat them raw. He's good. We'll take it. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Now, Jim, I have been accused in the past of being frugal. Mm-hmm. Which I think is a good thing. To a certain extent. Some people say my wallet is just a rumor. (laughs) (laughs) I like saving money as much as the next guy is what I'm saying here. But I think that this takes it a little far. Video has gone viral of a man peeling a banana and tossing the peel out before he puts the banana in a produce bag. Before he cashes out. So Whoa. he doesn't want to pay for the extra weight of the banana peel. So Whoa. he peels the banana before he buys the banana. Is Wow. That is, I've never even, that is maybe the cheapest move I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and I love a good cheap dad story or something like yeah. that, but that is next level. My buddy Drew has his dad is chief he's told me a couple stories a few times and one of the things he would do is he'd get coleslaw for lunch every day he knew if he could get a bun and coleslaw at this uh, this plate this store for lunch every day but what he would do with the coleslaw is he would like strain it out so he'd push it down with a fork to get all the the juice out because he didn't want to pay for water he wanted to pay for cabbage <laughs> you know what I mean? And you pay by you know, weight for the. You pay by line? the weight, yeah. It's like yeah. a little, like a little uh, grocery store place wow. that he'd go to, and he he'd strain the coleslaw. Out. I'm not paying for coleslaw juice. <laughs> I'm paying for coleslaw. The juice is the best part. <laughs> but this is the. This can't be something this guy's actually doing to save money. Because how much money would you act? Would you actually save? I'm still blown away by how cheap bananas are, considering how they get here. They're shipped here from no. South America, and it's like where they're like eight eighty cents for a bun, a bunch of them. It's crazy. One of the cheapest things in a grocery store yes. is a banana, and that guy has to leave the store and eat it immediately. Because if you unpeel a ban- if you peel a banana, it will last for about forty five seconds before it starts changing colors. Clock's ticking. Yeah, get into it. Open bananas, open avocados. Yeah, like you are. It's like defusing a bomb. Basically, you've got <laughs> thirty five <laughs> seconds <laughs> before that thing blows up in your face. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they, grocers are saying, please don't do this, <laughs> obviously. Just imagine the, the slipping risk in the produce department if this becomes a trend. Yeah, yeah, and then what's next? The guy's going to hollow out a watermelon into a bag and then leave the shell? Because you don't eat the shell. 
I'm glad that's why he's hollowing out the watermelon. <laughs> I was worried where you were going with that. Hey, man. <laughs> you got to save money. You drill a hole in a watermelon? You know, <laughs> a date is expensive. Dinner? This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. We got someone to cheer for in the world of croquet over the next few days. Uh, we were in Bayfield, Ontario, doing our show live. Got to visit the Bayfield Croquet Club while we were there, Jim. Beautiful spot. And we met David Druitt, who is... Is a two-time Canadian croquet champion. He's now over in London, England, playing at the World Association Croquet Championships. And he said we can give him a call in England. Let's see if we can get him on the line here. Hello. Hello, is this Dave? Hi. Hi, Taz. How are you? Hey, Dave. Hey, hey, Jim. How are things at the World Croquet Championship in London, England? Lovely. It's, uh, you know, day it seems to be overcast and uh raining but it's not <laughs> so living up to expectations <laughs> then <laughs> yeah no it, it it really isn't it it, it basically is kind of light sprinkle and then that's fine it's good so nice so the world croquet yeah. championships get underway friday with some opening ceremonies what kind of spectacle is that oh my gosh it's 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 dramatic you know i think they've uh, gone all out this year i'm sure no, it's uh, basically, I, I don't know, actually, it's the very first time I've ever been there, so, um, but they did ask me to carry a flag, so Whoa, I get to bring Whoa, flag bearer. No, well, you know, one of two persons could do that job, and the other person probably wasn't able to come, so it, it <laughs> fell to me. <laughs> don't take this away from yourself. <laughs> when do you start competing on the croquet pitch? Well, That'll be on uh, on Saturday. We're, we're um, we haven't got the schedule for which club. There's about six different clubs that we could possibly be um, distributed at. Are croquet players treated like rock stars over there? I, I know, like uh, soccer players are on a different level in the UK compared to in North America. Is it the same with the croquet stars? We have our own uh, line of baseball type cards that we. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Are, are, are you running away from groupies there, Dave? Is what we want to know. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, this is a very subtle sport. But nice thing is that the people that do play the sport. We all kind of know each other. It's a very good insular group. But <clears throat> at this time, I'm going to play in the world, so I get to meet a lot of the players that are uh, that I've always seen on on YouTube and and watched them play. And I get to actually talk to them and play them. So I'm really excited about. It. When you're live at a game, is it like? Like a hockey game or a t- like, or because curling, curling, <laughs> polite cur- clapping. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not picturing. sure. Is more it, like a golf clap. But are they drinking too? Because curling no, fans drink a lot. You know, kind of surprisingly. You know. <laughs> yeah. Mostly the fan bases of people that actually are players of of the game and are kind of more familiar with it. It's not sorry, you're random. Let's go to the croquet match today and watch. Yeah. Uh, but it's pretty. It's pretty. Uh, just quietly watching the game and, and taking it all in and going, oh. And, oh. Ooh, a lot of oohs and ahs instead of, yeah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Is, is there any bad boys of croquet? You know, like... <laughs> I think you should be the bad boy of croquet, Dave. Uh-huh. Well, there are... You wear all black. Bad to the bone. Well, the New Zealand team is an all-black team in terms of the colors that they wear. Yeah, like the rugby. Yeah, they do. They wear... They wear all black uniforms. So it's like we, we the evil like New white. Zealand team. Yeah, that's, that's who we hate, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> 
We are going to post the link so people can watch you play through the weekend and follow your progress oh. at the World Croquet Championship. It's very exciting that you're representing Bayfield, Ontario, and the country of Canada. Congratulations on being chosen as the flag bearer out of the two people that possibly <laughs> could have done it. They chose you. And uh, we hope you win, man. We'll check back in with you. If you do well, if you don't, we may never talk again, Dave. <laughs> yeah, it's been nice talking to you, really. Yeah. We'll be calling New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> See you, man. Good luck, yeah. and go Canada. Go Canada. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. The nominations were announced yesterday for the next Emmys, uh, and... Man, HBO, can anyone compete with HBO? They had 27 nominations for Succession. Wow. Which I haven't watched yet. It's kind of like the Breaking Bad thing when everyone was telling me, oh, you need to watch Breaking Bad, and I almost didn't watch it to spite them. Mm -hmm. It's so good. It's so good. You got to watch Breaking Bad. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> and don't get my expectations up. <laughs> then you watch it, you're like, oh my God, why didn't I watch this sooner? You know what, though? Breaking Bad, everybody loved it, but then they go, I don't really like the ending. A lot of people said that. Succession is the, probably the most popular show that has been popular its whole run, and then people also said I like the ending. The ending was good. Allegedly. It's nice to wait as well, because now you can binge the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like Breaking Bad, once you got into it, you didn't want to stop no. watching episodes. You know, cliffhanger after cliffhanger. So Succession got 27. Last of Us on HBO, 24. White Lotus got 23. So huge uh, Emmy nomination day for HBO yesterday. Let's look at a couple of the big categories here. Outstanding drama series, and this is nice because he can give you recommendations. This is another thing that happens in the Taz household. We go, my wife and I will sit down and, and try and watch a show or pick something to watch, and there's too much stuff. Yeah, of course. And by the time you find something you want to watch, you're like, yeah, screw it, let's go to bed. So I, I like the Emmy nominations because it kind of tells you what's good, mm -hmm. and you can make a little list. So... Outstanding drama series. The nominees are Andor on Disney Plus. The Star Wars one. The Star Wars one. It was pretty good. I did watch that one. Better Call Saul. Speaking of Breaking Bad, is nominated. Started watching it. Got a couple seasons in, and then fell off. Yeah, I watched the first season, and it was good, but like it wasn't as good as Breaking Bad in my mind. But I've heard people say it's now better than Breaking Bad. Wow. Maybe I got to get back into it. But the Crown on Netflix. My wife's into that one. Royal Family. Mm -hmm. Drama. <laughs> House of the Dragon. Yeah. Last of Us, Succession, White Lotus, and Yellow Jackets. Have you seen what is I Yellow did watch Jackets? I some of Yellow Jackets. It's like I've, I'm, I'm in the middle of it right now. It's, as far as I remember, it's like young girls in like high school age they get in a plane crash and then it's like, like lord, a lord of the flies, lord of the flies but you're both watching the lord of the flies time on the island they're in actually like ontario rural ontario in the woods or something like that or canada i think somewhere and then it also is in present time where they're grown up and so you're trying to see oh. what happened while they're on the while they're so you know, you know they got rescued you know some of them made it you right. know yeah and uh, who's that christina ritchie very funny in it. Okay. Yeah. Wednesday Adams. Yeah. <laughs> Outstanding drama series. There's your nominees. Outstanding comedy series. 
Abbott Elementary, which people have been raving about. I haven't seen one episode of that. Barry on HBO got nominated. Uh, it's great. Bill Hader, hilarious. Mm-hmm. First season, pretty funny. By the time they get to the last season, though, I'm hard-pressed to even call it a comedy anymore. Hmm. It gets so dark and depressing and sad by the, is- by the end of its run. It's It's not a comedy. It was a dark comedy, though. Isn't he a serial killer? Or no, a, he's a hitman. There, okay, okay. It start. It starts off, and it's pretty funny, and it's a. I'd consider it a dark comedy season one. Yeah. By the end of it, like, just dark. Just dark. Comedy's almost gone. The Bear on FX. I've tried to watch. That's it's, a comedy too. I it didn't stresses know that. me out. Though. <laughs> the kitchen's so fast. Yes, chef. No chef. Yes, chef. <laughs> yeah. Jury duty on Amazon Free V, whatever that is. Oh, is that the one where <laughs> this is the one where they think it's a reality show? One guy thinks it's a reality show about being on jury duty, but everyone else is actors. So he doesn't know that everyone else is just behaving completely insane That's around him. And he's the one guy who thinks it's a reality TV show. There was a show like that in the early 2000s, I think, that there was one guy who didn't. And it was like a Big Brother thing. And all the other people were crazy. And this one guy was he was like, what's going on? <laughs> I got to check that one out. Marvelous Miss Maisel on Prime. Only Murders in the Building with Steve Martin and Martin Short, a couple guys who have been on our show. Mm-hmm. They uh, they got nominated. Ted Lasso, which has just gotten too schmaltzy. Like too wholesome or what? It's way too wholesome. Yeah. Honestly, when I first watched the first season, I was like, I think this Ted Lasso character might get on my yeah. nerves a little bit. I was wondering if Marcus Mumford last night at Rock the Park was going to bust into the Ted Lasso theme oh, song yeah. because he did write it, huh? Yeah, that would have been a good one. Didn't happen, though. And then Wednesday, speaking of Wednesday Adams, the uh, Wednesday show got nominated for Outstanding Comedy for Netflix. There you go. And Emmy nominations. Usually the Emmys air in September. They're saying because of the writer's strike down in the U.S. that the Emmys may, may not air until a little bit later this year. So we'll keep an eye on that for you. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. What is going on in the world of sport? One thing is the ESPYs, which were held last night. Who were the big winners at the ESPYs, Jim? The best team was the Kansas City Chiefs from the NFL Super Bowl winners, obviously. Best WNBA player, Aja Wilson from the Vegas Aces. Best UFC fighter, John Jones. Best comeback athlete, Jamal Murray, Canadian for Denver Nuggets. Best athlete, men, Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs. Best athlete, women, Mikayla Schrifrin, a skier. Uh, Best performance in a championship game, Lionel Messi in the World Cup Final. We've got uh, best breakthrough athlete, and this one is absolutely uh, right because Angela, or sorry, Angel Reese, the LSU Tigers captain of the women's basketball team, she definitely was a breakthrough athlete. She's the one who kind of caused a bit of controversy, maybe some bad sportsmanship when she was the, doing the you can't oh, see yeah. anything. The, but the John played, Cena, yeah, which is debatable. But she she had a great uh, a great uh, playoff run, whatever you'd call it, when they did their their March Madness in the women's basketball. Um, best uh, college athlete, Caleb Williams, USC football. Uh, best NFL athlete, again, Patrick Mahomes. Best MLB. Mahomes, eh? Yeah, and best MLB player, Shohei Otani. NHL player, guesses, Taz? Connor McDavid? You got it. Best, nice. best NBA player, no, no, um, 
Big surprise. Big surprise here in Nikola Jokic. Uh, Verstappen, best driver, best soccer player, Messi. Best golfer, Scotty Scheffler. And best tennis player, Novak Djokovic. This was the moment at the ESPYs everyone was talking about. Not a dry eye in the house when DeMar Hamlin, who is the Buffalo Bills player, who got hit and his heart stopped mm-hmm. last season. Crazy moment. You know, that everyone's watching that live on TV, not knowing if he was going to make it. Luckily, he had the Bills training staff there to help him, to revive him. And they were the winner of the Pat Tillman Award yesterday at the ESPYs. And here's DeMar Hamlin, who as soon as he got up to the microphone, got very emotional, giving them the award. Please welcome this year's recipient of the Pat Tillman Award for Service, the training staff of the Buffalo Bills. Okay, my name is Nate Bresky. I'm the head athletic trainer for the Buffalo Bills. By the grace of God and divine intervention, we had the best outcome we could have prayed for or imagined. Damar, first and foremost, thank you for staying alive, brother. (laughs) Thank you. The response to DeMar's injury was able to bring our nation together for a moment and show the world the power of prayer. Let's remember that feeling of unity and use it to make sure we can save the next life too. Yeah, the staff all gathered around DeMar, hugged him while he cried. The crowd was on their feet. Six-minute standing ovation, basically. It was a pretty cool moment. I, I guess when you save someone's life, uh, you know, you, you have a connection. Sure. Moving, for, moving forward. I, I don't know. How, how long can you play that card? <laughs> like if I saved your life. Yeah. And it's like, do I have to d- drive you to the airport again? <laughs> I know you saved my life. Jim, I need a cheeseburger from Harvey's. Can you go pick it up it's for me? It's three in the morning. I saved your life. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. You know there's some stupid criminals out there, right? Oh, yeah. You have the right to remain stupid! And we're always encouraging you, if you're going to be partying, have a great time. Do what you got to do. Just don't get behind the wheel of a car afterwards. Mm -hmm. Well, the OPP say Monday in the township of North Algona, South of Petawawa, police found a driver of a vehicle driving impaired. Now, what makes this interesting is he was charged with impaired driving two hours after he was charged with impaired driving. (laughs) He got two Deweys in one day? Two Deweys in a two-hour period. Wow. Which also means he had two vehicles impounded. Over two hours. Oh, I wonder if they were both his vehicles or if he's now in the bad books with a friend or whose vehicle got impounded. Where was he trying to get so badly? I have a correction here. It was within, it was two vehicles, not two hours, 12 hours. That's not two better. Two vehicles That's within 12 hours. The suspect was charged, 44-year-old Jeffrey Hogel from Napanee, Ontario, charged twice with impaired operation. Um, his vehicles were impounded for seven days. 
Uh, he's scheduled to appear in court on August 22nd. Here's the thing. You did say two hours. Now it's 12 hours. But the, it, like he was pr- he, the fact that he got processed by the cops, he was probably there for four hours, like all said and done by the time he got pulled over. So he gets pulled over. He gets charged. He gets processed by the cops. He gets released. He gets drunk again because he's obviously sobered up at that yeah. point. And then he drives again. Dedicated. That's bad decision making at its finest. Here's another one. Another impaired driver arrested by the OPP. This one was close to Huntsville, Ontario. And <laughs> riding shotgun, a baby raccoon. Aww. <laughs> that is kind of awesome. The on male purpose? suspect had a baby raccoon on the front seat. The OPP posted a picture. Look at how cute this thing is. Oh, my goodness. It's Aww. like... It's like little baby rocket raccoon sure. in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. With his buddy Chris Pratt. <laughs> Turn around. Star-Lord has been arrested. <laughs> it was not immediately clear why the person had a raccoon with him at the time, but the OPP did take a picture of the thing and post it on their social media with those little raccoon eyes. Yeah, Looks yeah. Looks like he's I wearing mean, a mask. That's distracted driving. <laughs> Aww, you can't keep your eyes on the road. If you're going to have a party, make sure you plan ahead. Don't get behind the wheel of a car. And I don't think you can let the raccoon drive either. I don't think that's going to get you out of trouble. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. The Rock the Park Music Festival is underway in London, Ontario. And night one featured Mumford & Sons as the headliners. You know, after the show, we always like to find the wobbliest people we can for some hammered concert reviews. And boy, I found a couple ladies after the show, Jim. This uh, this one actually was exhausting. <laughs> You're like, I gotta get out of this situation. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but here we go. A couple uh, nice ladies that I spoke with after Mumford and Sons. Time for another Hammer Concert Review. Are you lying right now? No, I'm Taz. Nice to meet you. I'm Teresa. I met Jim earlier. Did you meet Jim? What'd you think of Jim? Jim is what I expected. See? He's not lying. It's Taz. Take a picture. We need a selfie. Can we get a selfie? Okay, before before we take a selfie, what did you think of Mumford & Sons, ladies? Oh, Oh they suck. So good. What? So good. So good. They were so good. I feel like I have an angel on one shoulder and a devil on the other right now. We've got a. They suck. They sucked and they were incredible. Who's this beautiful lady beside you? That's my wife and the mother of my children. Oh. And we hear about it all the time on the radio yeah. with your two okay. sweet children. Yes. Is the legit Okay, let's take the selfie and then you guys will give us a review of the show, okay? Absolutely. Okay. No, hold on. We're not done. Younger than I thought you were. Seriously, what did you think of the show? Amazing. What would have made it better? Nothing. The Glorious Sons. Oh, boy. I can love the Glorious Sons. You can't do that. Woo! High five! Glorious Sons. High five! High five! High five! Okay. Thanks for coming to London, Mumford. Uh, love you. And Sons. And absolutely wonderful. And all the Sons. The best earlier, although he promised a T-shirt and I got a. The Glorious Sons, the Mumford and Sons. Hammer concert review. What in the world? 
I am fairly certain that those ladies thought they had bought tickets to see the Glorious Sons <laughs> and were shocked when Mumford and Sons hit yeah. the stage. <laughs> I did meet them earlier, though. They you, were, you remember them? Yeah, they were right near the back of the VIP, and they, they must have snagged the only two picnic tables in the whole place. And they were like already drunk. It was 4.30 and they're like, oh, yeah, guys, we need some free stuff. I was like, well, I think I'm throwing like t-shirts out or something on the stage, so you guys are pretty far back. I'll try to throw it this far. And I, you better... And then I went on stage and I threw out bandanas, which we had a bunch yeah. of was like uh, logoed bandanas. And then she found me like an hour later. She said, "You lied to me. You said you're a straw <laughs> t-shirts." This is the Taz and Jim podcast. This is a story right up your alley. I don't I know. know. I don't know if uh, everybody knows the scam you were running for years, Jim. Scam. But y- we have a parking garage here. At the radio station, and uh-huh. the monthly fee to park downstairs is like a uh, hundred and thirty dollars a month. Somewhere on there, yeah. So you decided to get around that by just parking your car on the street for a couple years consecutively and just pay the parking tickets that you get. Yeah, because um, it was cheaper to pay parking tickets than it was to pay for monthly parking Because, yeah, eyes. you wouldn't have to pay to park until 8 a.m., so our show would be wrapping up around 9.30, so I would wait <laughs> till then, and I would hustle down before the, car. the meter maids got around there, and then I would move it to another spot or whatever and just, like, shuffle it around the area we work at. And I did get a lot of fines, <laughs> but when I did the math, I was still... Uh, it was saving never money. As, it was never as much as if you're paying for the monthly parking. And it wasn't always because I was trying to scam or save money, but there is a waiting list to get into the underground parking here, too, and yeah. I was on that list and couldn't get through. It's an elite club, isn't it, it? It truly is, man. And then, like, nobody wants to give it up. People won't work here anymore, and they'll keep their parking pass just so they can park down here downtown when, like, events are on and stuff because they're so hard to get. Uh, Hamilton, Ontario. Yes. People are getting parking tickets. Big time. Problem is they're not paying them. The city of Hamilton released a report saying they're owed more than $3.5 million in unpaid (laughs) parking fines, tracing back to 2020. And they're saying the main reason is because they kind of put a hold on the provincial license renewal changes. Right. So, like, everybody was pushing off, pushing off their, their license stickers, and people are still doing that. In fact, if you drive around in traffic, look at the license plates around you. You will all always see expired because I would always drive around with an expired license plate because I'm an idiot but you don't need the sticker anymore what do you mean I thought you don't need a sticker anymore the stickers got canceled are we sh- are you sure yeah how do they know if they're up to date then I don't know I don't know either is that why? Is that why every sticker is expired in the city? Yes. Okay, that makes sense. The, I was like, the I'm stickers no got the canceled, most- which is why you're still supposed to renew it, but you don't have to do it and get your sticker. Oh, okay. Because so, I just thought everybody else was as irresponsible as me driving around. That's why this story made so much sense. So usually when you go to get your new sticker, you'd have to pay all your parking tickets. Yeah, yeah. And people just aren't paying their parking tickets See? now because they're not getting new stickers. So now when you have to get a new car, you pay? I don't know. And they don't send it because I have some outstanding parking fines and I haven't got anything in the mail in a while. <laughs> I don't know. But the bylaw officers say they hand out around $5 million worth of parking fees every year in Hamilton. 
Uh, they estimate nearly 500,000 of those will not be paid on time, but that number has dramatically increased over the past year. 2022, $2 million alone going unpaid. That's the worst year. And city council says that the unpaid fines will lead to issues in project development through the city. So wow. it goes to pay for sewers and roads and stuff, of course. So Just use Jim Kelly's life hack. Get as many parking tickets as you want during your life and then just die. Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, well, you never have to pay on. Fake your death. (laughs) (laughs) I can't lie. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Who do you trust? Yes, who do you trust is the game. We've each got a fact about the new Mission Impossible movie. Well, it's about one of the Mission Impossible movies. Mm -hmm. The franchise. Which is now seven strong with Dead Reckoning Part 1 released in theaters this week. Ryan, our producer's on the line. You into these films, Ryan? I've actually never watched one. You're such a fibber. You've seen (laughs) one Mission Impossible movie, haven't you? No, never. I'm kind of jealous of you because I think it's one of the best franchises out there. I'd love to go back and watch them all for the first time again. We can have a movie night, Taz. Okay. Well, now I think you're lying, because how would you know anything about the Mission Impossible movies if you hadn't have never seen one of them? Hmm. Chris is our contestant. Hey, Chris. Hey, how's it going? Have you seen the Mission Impossible movies, Chris? I, I have. Okay. So that, that's going to help you out here. Uh, who's going to go first? Jim? Yeah, sure. Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation, 2015. It came out uh, when they were in the production part of it. Uh, Tom Cruise, who's known as like a super competitive guy and also does his own stunts, he really wanted to make him like the number one own stunt guy in Hollywood. So he wanted to cast Jackie Chan, another guy who's famous for doing his own stunts, as the main villain in the movie. And he wanted there to be an epic fight to end the movie where they both do their own stunts. So they actually did cast Jackie Chan, got him on set, blocked it out, shot a couple test screenings, or sorry, shot a couple test scenes to see how it would look. And Tom, or sorry, Jackie Chan backed out yeah. after the process because Tom Cruise was so intense and annoying. And Jackie was like, I am not going to d- deal with this guy because Tom kept on trying to one-up him. Jackie Chan dropped out of a Mission Impossible movie. Mm-hmm. Jackie Chan, the guy who can jump onto a hovercraft, no problem. Can't hang around Tom Cruise. That's where he draws a line. I guess so. I guess Tom was pushing him. All right. I don't know if I believe that. Ryan, what is your fact about the Mission Impossible franchise? All right, so the various Mission Impossible films have had different directors over time, and 2011's Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol was directed by a filmmaker by the name of Brad Bird. Now, that's a little bit of an odd film for him to do because he's way more known for his uh, filmmaking in the animation sector. He was part of Pixar for a really long time. He uh, wrote and directed The Incredibles, Ratatouille, The Incredibles 2, and he also provided the voice in The Incredibles for Edna Mose, the fashion designer who really doesn't like capes. Like the lady? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, uh, that part of it is director. true. I have heard that, but he, did, he doesn't direct live-action movies. And Ryan, you've never seen a Mission Impossible movie, so how would you know that? 
I think that's BS. Here's the truth for you, okay, Chris? All right. This is from your buddy Taz. Tom Cruise's character's name in the Mission Impossible franchise, Ethan Hunt, Mm -hmm. in the original draft of the first movie, his name was Mike. Same last name. His name was Mike, and it, it got through three different drafts of the script before somebody said, hold on. I don't think we should have a protagonist with that name. And they changed, they originally changed his name to Eaton. E A T O N? E A T I N. No. But they eventually settled on Ethan Hunt. Hmm. And that's how the name came to be. So who do you trust? Is it myself? With that fact, is it Jim Kelly with Jackie Chan was almost a villain in Mission Impossible? Or is it Ryan with Brad Bird, famous for Pixar movies, directed one of them? Ooh. Um, I'm going to go with Ryan. That's a smart decision. Yeah. You did it. That's a good one, too. That's one where he's in Dubai hanging off that big building, right? With the suction cup things or whatever they are? They're all good. you got to watch Mission Impossible if you haven't seen it. Congratulations. Chris, you could be a multimillionaire courtesy of Taz and Jim.